This episode brought to you by Audible, and today you can receive a free audiobook and 30-day free trial by visiting audibletrial.com slash richtakeonsports. Listen to your audiobook anywhere, anytime. Exploring the impact of sports. Welcome, Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Having conversations and hearing personal stories from those who have been impacted, built, and inspired by the role of sports in their lives. Here's your host, Richmond Weaver. This is episode 65. I am your host, Richmond Weaver, and glad you're listening through whatever platform that might be. And thanks for being an investor by investing your time to listen. An often underrated trait of athletes, and actually anyone in life, is versatility. And our guest this episode, Brandon Boykin, is just one of those people where his talents go well beyond one aspect. Now, after leading Fayette County High School in Georgia to the state championship title in basketball his senior year and an undefeated regular season in football, Brandon, who's simply known as BAM, would play football at the University of Georgia, where he would become an all-SEC defensive back, one of the top return specialists in the nation, and would even play on offense. He would also earn the Paul Horning Award in 2011, given to the nation's top all-around player, and he was also named MVP of the 2012 Outback Bowl. After suffering a freak injury at the Senior Bowl, Brandon would spend three years as a member of the Philadelphia Eagles, where he was drafted in the fourth round of the 2012 NFL Draft and was second in the NFL with six interceptions in 2013 before being traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2015, and he now enters 2018 as a free agent. Here's episode 65 with Brandon Boykin. Brandon, thank you obviously for spending time with me here this morning, but got to start off with, do you have to get custom shirts on your <laughs> arms? <laughs> I, I'm an I'm a off the rack guy, but my wife keeps saying like, if you keep lifting, you're, you're not going to be able to fit your clothes anymore. So I'm, I'm slowing it down a little bit, but like, that's something that like I literally enjoy doing in my off time is just lifting. lifting. Like it, it clears my mind and um, it's fun to me. So yeah, I'm gonna keep doing it. Yeah, but your <laughs> arms—I just can't believe how big your arms are. Do you focus on curls and oh, every day, tries? every day, no matter if I'm doing leg day, I, I still got to get my <laughs> curls in at least at, at least at the end of the workout. So yeah. Now, what about the nickname Bam Bam? Yeah. Share the story of how that came about. Is there some connection to the Flintstones cartoon with Bam Bam? You know what? I, I don't know if there's a connection to the Flintstones cartoon, but I will give credit to a lady that actually probably lived maybe 10 miles from here. Her name was Cindy Morley. And then I, I was a sophomore in high school and I was a quarterback and I really wasn't a quarterback. I couldn't throw the ball 10 yards. But <laughs> I was an option quarterback and I was fast. So it, it worked out. And my very first game... Um, I, I would never get a ball to my fullback. I just keep it every play. And then I just run around the edge and score. And, you know, she wrote this big article after my first game, like, you know, Boykin keeps the ball and bam, he's around the, he's around the edge. And, and it just became bam, bam, like in the story. And then the next, the next week, people at school were calling me bam, bam. And then it kind of got shortened down to bam over the years. So like my friends, like never call me Brandon. I don't even know if they know my real name is Brandon. <laughs> Just like, oh, that's Bam. So outside of like 
you know, sports. People know me as Bam around where I'm from, and that's kind of how it started. So for your acquaintances, you're Brandon, but your good friends, you're Bam. Yeah, exactly. And uh, my my wife hates Bam. She, like she hates that name for whatever reason. She'll she'll call me Brandon, but when my friends come over and they call me Bam, she's like, "What? Who? Why are you calling them Bam?" <laughs> she doesn't like it, but uh, I, I like Bam. I, like I think it fits. I like yeah. That's I a, think it fits. That's, that's my alternative. Perfectly for you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so before Bam, let's go back in time. Mm-hmm. And what's your first memories of you discovering sports and yeah. realizing that you love sports? Man, my first memories of of realizing I love sports was probably T ball. So before I played football, I played baseball, and I loved baseball. Like. Um, I never would have thought I was going to be a football player just because my, you know, I, I love baseball so much. And my dad was my t-ball coach and we were living in Riverdale, Georgia. And uh, really, it was just the fact that when I played, it made him proud. You know, like I saw how proud he was as my dad, number one, and as my coach. And I was probably obviously the best player on the team. So I would like, you know, just just do it to make him happy and see the smile on his face. And I was like, you know, this feels good as a, as a kid. Like, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do as a child. And um, you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't really know you were good at it. You just enjoyed doing it. And, you know, as I kind of got older, um, he continued to be my coach and I continued to play. And then I started realizing, like, I was good at it. Um, but, for the, but for initially, it was just, you know, being obedient and, and, and knowing that what I was doing was making my parents proud and my, my coach proud and that type of stuff. And um, that's the type of child I was like, I always wanted to please. I always wanted to, to do things the right way and, and, you know, make sure that I was being obedient and, and make sure that people around me were satisfied by, you know, what I was doing. And, uh, I think that kind of shaped my discipline and shaped my, you know, my belief in, uh, you know, doing the right thing when nobody's looking and stuff like that. Like my dad always taught me. Um, but, but initially, uh, the, 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 the part of me that stuck to sports was because of, my parents and, and how it made them feel and how it made me feel about about them. And you mentioned discipline. So how was it growing up in the Boykin yeah. household? Was it discipline focused? Oh yeah, it was it was very discipline focused and um to so so I have an older brother. My brother is like complete opposite of me. Like I grew up like <laughs> wanting to be obedient and my brother was like the total opposite. Like he he, he didn't it. want to have any constraints. No, no, no. He'd sneak out. He'd do anything. And, like, I'd help him because I'm a good brother. Like, I, I, I'd leave a window open for him. I'd do stuff like that. Like, I'd help him push the car out of the driveway at night. Like, to those type of extremes. But in our household, it was it was discipline because my, my, my dad didn't grow up with a father. Um, both of my parents came from, you know, not poverty, but a uh, country um, not not really having what they would desire. So they wanted, you know, their, ch- their children to have more. So they had all these sets of rules like, you know, we couldn't play video games Monday through Friday and we could only play on the weekends. And as a kid, that's like crazy. It's torture. Like, right. Like I'm done with my homework. I can't I can't play video games. But it was like the best thing that could have ever happened to me, you know, as I'm older and as I'm adult and something I definitely instill in my own children's lives. Um, but just small rules like that. Um, that you didn't understand as a kid, um, but things that really shaped your mental, really shaped like, you know, just your mindset. Like I was actually going outside and playing and things like that that I can appreciate now, you know, as you see like millennial kids and stuff or that are so stuck in, in the house and not, you know, exercising and doing things like that. So my, my, my parents were kind of 
not ahead of the curve, but they understood. They definitely were ahead of they, the curve. <laughs> yes, because I struggle with that as a parent. Yeah, with three teenagers, that's a challenge that we have. Yeah. So I'm jealous that yeah, parents I mean, had that it's, discipline. It's a huge thing, you know. Like you said, as as a child, like that's that's all you look forward to after school. So so for me, you know, kind of making that a part of my childhood and it just became normal. I didn't even think about it, but but now I can really appreciate it. Now, how often did you get in trouble for helping your brother sneak out? Oh, I never got in trouble. <laughs> you didn't. I, I was, you avoided I, it. I was good at sne- I was good at helping him out. I never I never snitched on him either to this day. <laughs> Me and my brother got a really good bond, really close bond. So when we moved from you know Riverdale, which is kind of like a, a county over to Fayette County, like it was a whole different world for for my brother and me. But I was younger. Um, so he was kind of rebelling, you know, about like, you know, he had to leave his friends. He had to do all this type of stuff. How old were you when you guys had to make that move? I was probably nine or 10. I think. And your was, brother, how my old? My brother was, was like a, a freshman in high school. So that was a big oh, that's change. A, yeah, that like, is a big change. Like, for one him. of the most important parts, you know, times of his life. And he had to just change everything. But, um, you know, me and him were actually just talking about this in the back. You know, every Sunday, me and him and my dad will like, Go smoke a cigar on the back on the back patio, and you know we were talking about how moving to you know Fayette County uh, was the best thing that could have happened to us, just from a discipline standpoint and um, just a learning standpoint and an understanding of like how it's impacted our lives, our friendships, our you know our relationship with each other, and uh, just really thankful for um, the transition and 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 you know that little bit of adversity that kind of impacted us to this day yeah adversity can shape you that's for sure so when you're back there with your brother and your dad and you're smoking those cigars do you have moments of reflecting back and realizing i've been playing in the nfl i have secured a dream so when was the dream that you wanted to play professional sports i know we all as kids have that but when did it really become a true focal point for you I'd, i'd probably say the realization of that dream was probably like, well, I'll, I'll say this. I never thought I would play professional football because I, 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 I didn't focus on football. I was a basketball player. Now, that, now <laughs> we're talking. Well, I'm a basketball saying, right? guy as well. So like when I was younger, I played baseball and then I played basketball. And, I, and to this day, like I, basketball is like my passion. Like, and like anybody, you know, that knows me will tell you, like I watch basketball all the time. Like I'll play NBA 2K all day. Like. I won't yeah. play Madden. I think it's like bad luck to play Madden <laughs> as an NFL player because I played with myself one time and I got injured for the season during the during the video. Yeah, game. Never do that never, again. Never play that again. But but I, I initially wanted to play basketball, and um, my parents put me in basketball and like you know I was on all these traveling teams and uh, I was playing football as well. So at, at some point they you know they kind of we kind of had to sit down and be like you know well. You got to kind of pick and choose which ones you're going to you're going to do. And um, I realized I was 5'10 and, you know, I didn't have a great jump shot, but I could dunk the ball over everybody. <laughs> you got some ups. So so I had to choose football. But um, basketball was always my passion. But I, I realized probably ninth grade that I'd be able to do something, hopefully, at the next level. And that was kind of what I channeled my focus towards. And. What schools were recruiting you in high school to play football, and were they also recruiting you for basketball? Yeah, so basketball recruiting probably was <laughs> was better than football just because of, 
I was an option quarterback, so I didn't have any like defensive film. So, so literally, the the way I got offered by the University of Georgia was that I I put my basketball highlights on my football uh, highlight tape, <laughs> and I sent it to the University of Georgia just randomly. And like two weeks later, I got an offer in the mail. And Coach Rick and Coach Martinez, who was the defensive back coach at the time, was like. Like, you know, like, we like you as an athlete, but those basketball clips, man, that's what really did it. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. And then on the basketball side, like, so I, I had committed. Once I got that offer from Georgia, I was like, so shocked. I so were you a big Georgia fan? That's why you sent it to Georgia? Or? I just kind of, like, threw my fishing net out to everybody. Um, I was initially, like, a Georgia Tech fan, which is crazy because my – like, my god brother was the running back for Georgia Tech to Shard Choice. So I would go to the games and – um, I, I love the atmosphere, but it didn't compare to Georgia at all. So a little bit different. It's a whole lot different. But I'd never seen Georgia. So when I went to Georgia and saw the atmosphere, like, I committed on the spot. Like, I knew I knew everything inside of me knew, like, this was where Felt I was like home. To be. Right. So I had committed, but at the same time, that was my junior year. So I had a whole other season to play basketball and football. And once, you know, people found out I had committed to Georgia – People were just offering me. Like, that's how it kind of worked. Like, oh, you got to offer me here and here. Like, we'll offer you too. But basketball, I still wanted to play basketball. And I had like a Louisville, a, a, a South Florida, a Georgia Tech, like real serious teams looking at me because we had like an All-American on my high school team. So they'd come see him and I'd be playing well too. And they'd be like, okay, well, let's, let's see what he got too. So, and so what about trying to play basketball at Georgia as yeah. well? I, initially, I wanted to, but just the demand of school and, you know, learn the learning curve of being a college football player and just all of it. Like, there was no way I could play. So share some of that demand, because I don't yeah. know if people really understand what it's like being, quote unquote, student athlete, especially yeah. in football right. at a prestigious exactly. school like Georgia. Yeah. And, in, and you're talking about Georgia, like it's you're not just going to. I'm not saying this happens at other schools, but it's like you actually are going to have to do your academic work. It's like <laughs> like you're not going to squeeze by at the University of Georgia. And, and, and people don't understand how hard that is. Like you get to the NFL level and, you, and like that's your job. Like that's all you do every single day, which is easy. But but when you try to when, when you're 18, 17, 18 years old and you got to go to college and try to balance out, you know, being the best student you could possibly be and being the best college athlete you can possibly be while learning, while having a learning curve on both just the college atmosphere. Like it's, it, it, it could really break you. And I remember my freshman year, I called home so many times, like, I don't, I don't know if I really want to do this. Like, like I was broken a couple of times as a freshman, you know, like being the best, you've, like you've been the best your whole life. And then you come to University of Georgia and you're like just at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> And I wasn't necessarily at the bottom of the barrel. Like, I played as a freshman, but it, it's, it's not like being a man in high school. So so you just got, like, all this pressure of, you know, making good grades. And then, like, you know, I hope I don't get redshirted or I hope I can play and contribute. And, you know, and I got to learn the playbook. And I, I've never played defense before. So it was just, like, a lot. And I remember my mom saying, like, you know, like, just stick to it. And, like, next year you'll laugh at, like, how how different things are for you. If you just, you know, like, uh, you know, apply yourself to the process and, you know, just understand, like, there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be a little bit of adversity and uh, you're going to get through it. And I remember, like, you know, probably calling home like two or three times, just like, man, I, I, don't, I there's no way, like, God <laughs> save me. Like, there's no way I'm going to make it through this. And I did. And 
And like every year you, you see those freshmen come in with the same type of, you know, thought process. And like, it's cool to be able to help them. And like, I was here too. And you know, me too. And that's the, the best way to be able to relate to people is to have that personal experience of, of doing the same things to help them get through. Of course. Now, you mentioned you didn't play defense. Yeah. So how all of a sudden did you become a defensive player at Georgia then? Yeah, I was just an athlete. Like, no, they didn't know what I was going to be when I came they in. They didn't know where to put you. And they just kind of was like, well, you'll be a DB. Like, I, I played I played DB in high school, but I was like, I didn't know anything about defense <laughs> at all. Like, like I, I was totally not prepared for college. I was just out there being an athlete, like, jumping up, dunking the ball, basically, picking, picking, play, picking balls off. But when I got to University of Georgia, Coach Martinez uh, probably was, like, the most influential person to my whole college career. Just because he 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 saw something in me, he saw you know my my potential, and um, he he would be extremely hard on me, and that's part of the reason I felt like I was gonna break, like because I was like, man, this dude is like all over me every single day, but he knew like you know the potential I had even when I didn't see it, so um, he'd be questioning me like in in meeting rooms, just asking me questions all the time. I'm like, man, there's like 13 <laughs> other people in here, like why are you always questioning me? Like all these other freshmen in here. So I, I really like was kind of forced to to understand football from a, a different perspective. And, and I would meet with him every single day. And I caught up so fast that by the end of my freshman year, like I was really playing. And then my sophomore year was like my breakout season. And I really got to attribute that to him. And then you really start breaking on the scene with your punt returns yeah. and kick returns. Yeah. And it looks very hard. It is very hard. So what is your mindset when you're out there? You know these guys are running yeah. full speed at you, yeah. and you've got a second or two to make a move. Right. So what's that like? It's You don't think about it, honestly. You, you don't have time to think about it. And the crazy part is, like I just told you, I never played defense until college, like – I never returned a kick until college, and my very first kickoff was like a hundred-yard touchdown. Exactly. So <laughs> it was just like you know, God, God was looking out for me. He, he he had his covering over me because I was literally learning as I was playing every single game. Like I was, I was learning every single game. Okay, I, I can do this. I can't do this. But I think the part of me like not knowing what to expect was kind of like an advantage for me because you know I was just going through it and and uh, you know. I expected to score every single time because my first one was was a hundred yards. So you don't think about it. You 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 just kind of. It's crazy what your mind changes to once you're on the field. Like like. But what are you focusing on? I don't I don't know. Like I don't even think you're focusing on anything. You're just focusing on like not trying to get smacked. It's like it's like. The the reaction time is just natural. I can't even explain it. Like I don't see the I don't see the crowd. You don't see the crowd. You don't see anything when you're on the field. And and then when you go back for a game, you're like, wow, I didn't even know this. The scoreboard looked like that for five years. It's just like crazy stuff. Could you hear the crowd as you're sitting there waiting for the kick? I couldn't hear anything. You're that dialed in. That dialed into the game. You can't hear anything. You're so focused on trying to catch the ball. All you can hear is your own thoughts. And your own breath, just like you'll see in like a movie when when the ball is coming in slow motion. That's literally how it is. And you catch it and then, you know, then you'll hear stuff again. But it's it's crazy. Now, one of the biggest sins as a returner is that never get tackled by the kicker. Oh, yeah. So did that ever happen to you? It, it did. <laughs> it did happen to me one time. One time. 
and we were playing like Coastal Carolina or something, and we were beating them like 56 to 12 or something. And I got tackled by the kick. Like I had broke free, and I, it was like right after halftime, so I was still like kind of tight, but I had broke free, and a, and a kicker tackled me, and their sideline was celebrating like they had like <laughs> – won a national championship <laughs> and I like got caught up in their celebrations so oh, on like, their sideline because <laughs> he tackled me yeah. so I'm like in the middle of their celebration because he tackled me that was pretty funny but um yeah that's that that's a that's a that's a sin to to get tackled by the kicker now what about getting hit hard you talked about you're just trying to avoid getting smacked yeah. did you ever have one of those moments where somebody laid you out you know what luckily I never I never got hit to the point where like you know it took me out or it took me out of the game where it was like a you know bang bang play um I, I guess you know I, I could attribute that to just being fearless like if, if you if you're if you're fearless and you just catch the ball and you just go like more times than not people are going to miss but if you're looking back and forth and you're trying to anticipate it like you're going to get smacked and that's kind of what I learned like you just have to react and go yeah, you just right? got to go for it go for it like even if you're running up for a catch like just just go for it like more times than not like you're going to you're going to be the one to make the play now what did you enjoy more playing defense or going on the offensive side because you also played receiver at Georgia I I loved I loved having the ball in my hands and man it took me like four years just to get the ball in my hands I I try to talk to coach Rick every single day like coach Rick I can play offense like let me please convince him give me one one play and then he just like blow me off, right? And so my junior year, I was gonna leave and go to the NFL. Like I was, I was like, uh, I think I'm ready, and I wasn't ready. Thank God I came back from my senior year. It was the best year of my whole career, and like the best experiences. But like, I guess in negotiating with Coach Rick, I was like, you know, like if I come back, I want, I want to play offense. <laughs> and he was like, okay, like we'll put some packages in for you. So my senior year was when I, I finally got to touch the ball. And I had like six offensive touchdowns. You had and a then, great year. Yeah, and he was like, "Man, I wish we would have did this sooner." I'm like, "Man, I've been telling you this for three years, but it worked out, man. It was, it was. That's funny. That's funny how I had to negotiate that into that's right. <laughs> so, what was the moment that made you decide to come back then, rather than going into the NFL your junior yeah. year? It, it wasn't me, honestly. It was God. Like it was God that allowed me to stay. And it's such a crazy story. Like I was gone. Like I was. I, I'll never forget. It was like right after the bowl game, like January, we were in Athens, me and my brother. And I had called Coach Rick and I told him, like, I'm leaving to go to the NFL. And he was, you know, in his soft voice, he was like, Brandon, I think you should just reconsider. And, you know, like, if that's what you want to do, then fine. But I come come to the team meeting and then if you still feel the same way, you can leave. So I'm like, okay. So I called him when I was in Atlanta at my parents' house. So I drive, me and my brother drive back to Athens because I was like packing up my stuff because I was leaving. So we drive back to Athens. I go to the team meeting, right? Not paying attention to the team, like I'm gone. And then it's a a blizzard comes to Atlanta, like a (laughs) snowstorm came to Atlanta. And I got stuck in Athens for like four days. Like it was, everything had got shut down. So me and my brother are like stuck in my dorm room apartment or whatever for like four days. And if it wasn't for that blizzard, <laughs> like that was a sign from God. We got stuck in the in the snow for four days. Like my truck wouldn't move, so I had a whole bunch of time to think. And then, like over the course of those days, I was like, you know what? Like, I, it's probably best if I if I stay. Like it, it just was weighing so heavily on my heart. Like 
like my conscience and my soul. Like I felt like um, it was meant for me to come back and like I had a purpose of coming back. And, and then I called him like on day three, like, you know what? Like I'm coming back, you know, you're right. And like, obviously the snow melted. <laughs> like, the sun that, comes out. The sun right? comes out. Like that, that must have been for me. Um, but but like, it's so crazy how how things happen like that. And, you know, like just, you know, what you think your plans are, what, what you expect, you know, your life to be like. And that's something I'm still kind of going through, like what your expectations are for yourself or what you envision your life being like. It's, you know, God has another plan and, and, and you're you're not in control. It's not always your plan, and obviously you had to even go through that after your senior year. You get hurt in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, and that changes, obviously, your trajectory. You're a first-round draft pick, but you end up being a fourth-round draft pick because you break your leg. How difficult was that? Oh, man, I was like... That was like the hardest thing. Like I had already, I had, I had experienced adversity in my life. Like I broke my leg in 10th grade so bad that like the day told me that I probably would never, like I possibly couldn't play again, like if my leg didn't heal right. Was it the same leg? or Yeah, the same leg. And so I overcame that. And then like getting to the senior bowl, which is like the all-star game of college football. And like I played amazing that week. And the crazy part about it was that that morning I woke up and I told my agent, my mom, my dad, everybody, I was like, something inside of me doesn't feel right. Like, I shouldn't play in this game. I said that over and over and over again. You verbally said verbally, that to them. Verbally said it so many times. And then they were like, you know, just play through the first half and then we'll be done. So I get to I get to the last play of the first half. It was a punt. <laughs> and I'm at Gunner. It's the last play of the first half. And I run down and... My own teammate like runs into me while my leg was planted and like broke my leg in half. And um, I could not believe it. Like I just couldn't believe it. But, you know, I fell in the draft and I ended up in Philadelphia and was able to play right away and start. And so it's just it's just like I was so bitter when it happened. And then like, you know, God sets you up for something even better. And and that's kind of been like a a trend in my life every single time. It seems like every single time I'm warranted, like, you know, whatever we think is success in, you know, in our in our sport or, or what we feel like we should deserve, like a big contract. Whenever I'm warranted that, like, you know, oh, I'm gonna go first round, something happens. Or I, you know, I played great in year four, I get traded and, and I don't play the they, you know, I don't play until week twelve and you know, that's done. And then I now I'm a free agent and I gotta scrap my way back to here and I finally get where I'm supposed to be and I get injured. So it's just like it, it's it's been a trend in my life, but you know, instead of being bitter about it now, I, I understand that it's set me up for, you know, greater testimony that set me up for like a greater purpose. And really that's what this whole football platform is about like it's 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 not about me at all it's about storytelling it's about sharing it's about you know motivating and inspiring other people and and that's kind of what I've learned through my adversity is that like if this is what my journey is supposed to look like to help somebody else like that it's it's well worth it like I'd be less fulfilled if everything went my way and I went first round I got all this money and I didn't have a story and I'm, you know, I'm just like, oh, I, everything went my way and I got money and I'm empty inside because I don't have, you know, the right perspective or the right testimony or the right attitude about, you know, what really matters in life. And towards, you know, I'd say kind of like the latter part of my career, um, 
I'm so happy that I have a testimony and that I actually got something with some substance out of this experience um, because that's what's going to help me move forward and, and, and be able to, you know, whether it's my second career or whether it's just uh, and talking to people and inspiring them, like that's what really matters. Like nobody's going to care that I got drafted first round in 10 years, but they will care, you know, that I, I went through this adversity and I overcame it and, and, and I'm still talking and standing today and like, you know, they can relate to that so much better. Because that's real life. Exactly. People facing adversity yeah. and having to overcome. And it is very impactful to see somebody take opportunities when it didn't look like an opportunity was going to be there, right. like yourself, getting hurt, but you're still able to right. maintain that focus and continue success. And now it seems to me that your platform is now looking at being significant and creating these legacies and these stories that you can share with people yeah. also. Yeah, and, and that's and that's the funny part about it too, because like I'm still trying to actively play football and it's like, you know, I don't have it all figured out even now. And that's <laughs> we don't. Nobody does. <laughs> nobody right? does so, in life. So like that's right. it's so crazy when people try to pretend like they got it all figured out and, and you know, we never do. And so now I'm kind of in this crossroads of like, you know, where am I supposed to go? Or like, you know, am I supposed to still be playing football? Like, and I'm just kind of like to the point now where I'm like totally submitted to God, like wherever you want me to be, like, that's where I'm going to be. Like, I'm tired of like actively per like trying to do it myself because it never works that's out. That's right. <laughs> like it never works out. So wherever you want me, like, I'm okay with that. Like whatever, you know, my platform is or whatever my title is or my role is in this thing, like that's what I'm going to do. And, and and it's kind of like, you know, people, I'll, I'll go to the gym around here and people are like, oh, have you been signed yet? And I'm like, no, no. Like, I'm, I'm fine with that. Yeah, like, so you're not stressing about it. No. And it's, it's, it's so weird because that's what we've been taught, like our whole lives. Like we have to do something or like we got to do something to to be validated. And it's like like my my purpose isn't tied to football or like I don't have I don't feel validated when I'm signed to a team. It's like. You know, I feel validated when I'm in sync with like what God wants me to do and what my purpose is. And I feel that in my in my heart. So I'm patiently waiting to see and I'm excited about it, where where I'll be and what what, what my purpose is in this season of my life. And, um, you know, it's going to be meaningful. I feel like this is going to be a big, like big, impactful, meaningful year for me. And, and like I, I truly feel that in myself. I'm a, I'm, the, I'm a type of person that like I meditate daily. I, ha I haven't been doing that. I just started probably doing that 2000, like late 2017, just meditating, just kind of like being in my own thoughts. And just before I do anything throughout the day, I meditate and just kind of. Has that helped you a lot? Oh, my gosh. It's, it's helped tremendously. It's, you know, just like I don't think people understand how powerful your mind is. Like, like your mind is so powerful. Like your body will do anything that your mind tells it to do. And, and like it literally I mean, this is biblical. If you think positive and you speak things into existence, like they will happen. And like I've been, you know, speaking things into existence and I've been like, you know, uh, saying certain things to myself that I feel like are like manifesting in my life as far as like what I want to do and what's coming to me. And, and it's literally happening. And it's so amazing. It's very powerful because on the flip side, you can do the same thing with negative exactly. mindset, negative thoughts as well. Yeah. What your mind can do is it blows me away. Right. Now, obviously there's God that's, yeah. you know, he's got your path mm -hmm. laid out, but it is amazing. I'm jealous though. I can't find a time 
to meditate because I would love to do it and I've tried, yeah. but to, what's your plan? How do you, I mean, do you wake up and... Well, being a free agent, I got all this time okay. to, <laughs> to meditate, but I've had to kind of, yeah, like reprogram and retrain my subconscious. Like you said, like if if you don't try to be positive, like just naturally and your subconscious is going to be negative. It's just like, it's just the way of the world. Like we worry so much and we stress about stuff and like the visuals that we see on TV, like everything's so like you know, conflicted and, and, you know, just stress, stress levels are high. So it's like, you have to purposely like speak to yourself in a, in a positive way. Um, and when I wake up in the morning, I'll, you know, I'll have affirmations for myself. Like, you know, I'm success. I am health. I am wealth. I'm opportunity. Like I'd say all these things over and over and over. And it's like, not even over time It's literally like instantly you start to feel different. You start to think different. And and I, I I really like monitored how much television I watch to the point where like I almost don't watch television anymore, which is crazy because I want to be in television. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't watch television. I, instead, like I do something like you know I've I started reading more, and it's just like, man, like I've almost become a totally different person mentally, and I like it. But it's it's scary where like you know where where who I've become and where it's taking me. And it's like, I'm kind of mad. Like I didn't do this when I was like in prime years of my sport, you know, I have the same mindset that, man, I wish I would have been this mature when I was 27 years old rather than 47 years old, (laughs) but that's life. Exactly. So talking about the TV side and your aspirations from being a sportscaster, Mm -hmm. share with what your mindset is looking at that as a career, say when you are done playing. I mean, something I've always been intrigued by, uh, you know, being on camera and being able to talk and express yourself and, and looking good. Like, I love the dress. I, I love the... Oh, you always fit yeah, the part. I, I promise I like, you. <laughs> so, so it's something I've always been intrigued by and and, and I want to try. And obviously, it's still kind of pertaining to sports. You're able to talk about something that you love, but being on the, a different side and having to learn a whole new tr- uh, trade and skill of it. And I've I've enjoyed it so far. But there's also like a lot of other things that I that I enjoy doing, and and I don't necessarily want to just be like a a broadcaster. Like I want to find my niche where I can kind of tie it all together, um, and I haven't found that yet. But I, but I'm I think it's something that I want to do that'll be different. Maybe tying in TV and fitness and you know fashion all together. So that's kind of what I'm working on. Like I don't I I want to do it, but I want to do it differently. Like I don't want to just be another you know. Not saying it's a bad thing, but ex-football player that goes and be, you know, talks about football. Like maybe I want to talk about basketball and, of and fitness. You know, you so, love basketball exactly. and fitness. I love all it. of I love it. All fashion. Of it. Talk so, about so it all. I, so I believe I can do it, and 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 you know, if I believe that, like I just gotta put the work in to find a way to get it done. When do you think there will be a point though when you make the decision that okay, the football yeah. journey is over? Yeah. What will that look like? Well, I've been on IR pretty much the past two years, which is crazy. Like, I, you know, I tore my pick in 2016, and then I got signed last year in Baltimore. And then I ended up, you know, getting a concussion, which was cleared up. But I was on IR past week eight, so I just didn't get brought back. Um, so I stayed on IR the remainder of the year. So basically, I've been on IR for two years so it's kind of like been out of football you've been getting paid which is great but like you've had a lot of time to kind of focus on what you what else you know your other skills your other passions and 
So I feel like whenever that time comes, if it's, you know, this year or next year, whenever it is, like, I don't feel like the transition will be as hard for me because I've kind of had time to process and think about like what I want to do. And I've kind of got a head start in, in at least some direction. And that's what people say, like, as long as you do something right away, like it doesn't matter what it is. It's just like you got to stay active. Um, and then once you kind of get into that routine of doing something outside of football, like you you get normalized into it. And I've talked to other people. They have talked about that transition is difficult yeah. for some that they actually are depressed because yeah. they're no longer defined right. by this athletic yeah. ability that they have or, yeah. you know, being a player. But it sounds like with your situation for the past couple of years, you're already kind of changing that mindset. Yeah. I think it's a blessing. I think it's a blessing, though, to be honest. I think, you know, it's all about the way you look at it, like your perspective, which is, I had this guy call me, which is so crazy. This this random number called me and I, I didn't even know who this guy was. And he started talking to me about like things that were actually going on in my life. And he hung up and he said that, like, this is the same thing that I, he said, you're you're not playing football right now because you can't. You're playing football because God wants you to like realize all these other talents that you have and I was like wow that's like he was telling me all this other stuff too but like it was so crazy for him to say that because that's how I was thinking in my mind like why like why would I get injured two years in a row and like am I supposed to play again and and I possibly could but even if I do like I've learned so much about myself in these two years that I there's no way I would have because you know the demand of football like even if I don't play again like these two years have been priceless like like, I, 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 I couldn't put a price tag on, like, what I've learned about myself, and I needed that. And what about how sports has shaped and impacted your life? It's, like, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be, you know, who I am or who people perceive that I am or the relationships that I've made or my confidence in any, like, it, it all goes back to sports. Like, that's that's kind of like what, shaped me as far as okay when you're young you got to find like okay what am I good at what where do I fit in and that's been sports but then along the way like you find you mature and you find yourself like okay like outside of sports like what am I good at but like sports will always be a part of it because without sports like you would have never had those opportunities so like I really got to attribute pretty much everything to sports just my discipline, my upbringing, my, my mentality, my ability to like, you know, forget about this and move forward and, and just life like like it, sports and life are so synonymous. And I feel like, you know, even my mindset about you talk about America and like culture and, you know, we live in the South and, you know, the, the type of stuff that happens in the South. When you talk about racism, stuff like that, like sports is a common denominator for everybody. Like you don't see color. You don't care about ethnicity, background, religion, nothing like that. And it's like being in sports has allowed me to have such a diverse mindset and just like see people for who they truly are. And, you know, some somebody that maybe never played sports will never see that perspective, not because they, they can't, but just because like they haven't had those same experiences. So it's like without sports, like you really uh, you, you, you probably won't. I probably wouldn't be who I am as a person just because like I've seen so many different people and I've been able to interact with so many different people because of it. And like, it's changed my whole, my mindset about everything. 
sports has a unique ability to shape people yeah. without a doubt. What about words of wisdom that has meant a lot to you that you've leaned on over the years that you'd like to share? Yeah. So, so my mother is like, she's the biggest probably motivating influence in my life. More my dad as well, but my mom is just so, uh, she's just, she's overcome adversity all the time. Like just her childhood and her, her mindset, her determination. Um, but for me, like I've kind of created my own mantras and I say like the journey is a reward. That's, that's something. Maybe one day I'll get it like, you know, a small tattoo of it or something. But, <laughs> but like, it's so true. It's like, I was speaking at a school the other day and I was telling them like, truly, like the journey is a reward. Like we're, as people, like we're so quick to just be like, well, if I can just get to, you know, if I can get to the NBA or if I can just get this scholarship or if I can just, you know, make it to the Hall of Fame, like as a, as a player, like it's not about the destination more so as it is about the journey and, and the things that you go through to get there and the, and the lessons that you learn and the relationships. Because like, you know, it's, it's like, oh, I won a million dollars. And it's like that you got the million dollars, but you didn't earn it. Like there's no path to get it. Like you didn't learn anything to get it. And it doesn't mean that much to you. And, and that's kind of like what I mean. Like if you reach your destination and, and you don't have anything to show for it, like you don't have any it has no substance behind it. It doesn't mean anything. So like the journey to get there is truly like what's the most rewarding part. And that's the real reward. And um, that's kind of like that's where I am in life right now. Like, like, you know, like I said, if I never make the Hall of Fame, like my journey was so cool. And my and, and I got to live my dream and playing in the NFL and I got to do all these cool things and meet all these cool people. And at the same time, I learned about myself like that's. That's the best part, like to, to know yourself and learn yourself. Like that's the ultimate goal in life, in my opinion. Yes, it is. And it's been an honor to have you part of my journey in this podcasting journey. And I'm excited to somewhat be in part of your journey as well. So, Brandon, thank you very much. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me. How many of us in life focus solely on the prize or just the result? We know this happens in sports because it's about the competition and the pursuit of winning. But it's evident that Brandon has been able to shift his mindset where he's allowing the prize to actually be the journey and focusing on the experiences rather than only focusing on the end result, which further proves that his versatility is defined by so much more than his athletic ability. Now that finishes episode 65, and remember, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Thanks for listening. 